Absolutely fantastic. Well, what an exciting day to be in church, guys. And uh, you are all looking fantastic this morning, right across the good-looking people this morning. Anyway, by popular demand, we're back because uh, people like the thing we did where we both got going on the Word. So here we are again, and uh, we'll try not to fight, and it's going to be good, all right? Welcome to those who are watching online today. It's going to be fantastic. But let's pray before we sit down, shall we? So, Father, right across this place right now, I just want to thank you, God, for amazing people. I thank you, God, for the hour in which we live. Thank you, God, for the amazing songs we sung this morning that released faith in our lives, God, that uplifted us, that caused us to join with the, the multitudes across the earth right now. Well, we are leading, actually, God, but we thank you for the opportunity to join with thousands upon thousands to bring glory to your name today. So, Father, I pray that you would be exalted in every part of the service. I pray that lives would be changed. I pray right now, God, that if we haven't been healed yet, we'd get healed today. And in Jesus' name, Father, across every dimension of this service, in the kids' church, right across all the ushers, the stuff that's happening out there, God, we speak your anointing and your blessing. And we thank you for your word this morning. And we declare your blessing on the word in Jesus' name. Everybody shouted. And online you shouted, amen. Okay, you can be seated. God bless you. Hey, what a privilege. And uh, we just thought we'd uh, sit down and pour a drink this morning, share a couple of good thoughts with you. And um, it's great, though. I was thinking as we sing those, sung, singing those songs, how blessed we really are. Uh, we've been married, uh, we were just talking about it last night, we've been married 46 years now. And... Uh, which is, which has all been fun, and uh, and <coughs> it has for me, okay. And uh, so we're talking love our love our city, uh, love your city, um, which is the reason we're talking about them. It's very hard to love your city. Does that make any sense to anybody? Like at least love yourself, because then you become a little more lovable. And uh, that's why we've got such a good marriage. <laughs> she needs to be smiling for that one. Um, Rose this morning, 46. I oh, just actually this morning, not to escape that, but just talking to Dave and Rose this morning, who've been married 18 years this, this week. Congratulations, guys. Rose reckons she could never catch up, but if she gets to 110, she will catch up to us, okay? So... Uh, don't limit yourself. That's what we've been uh, about. Don't limit yourself. Um, people want to get uh, great input out of church. I reckon the songs we've been singing, was anybody looking at those songs? Yeah. I mean, they were amazing this morning. I'm just going to remind you of a couple of the things that you were singing before we get too far, just so that you are actually aware of what your voice is saying. Let hope arise. Death is overcome. Wow. So hope can rise right there. You've already won. Very quiet crowd this morning. Um, there's no prison wall that you can't break through. So if any of you are facing prison walls today, I want to really encourage you that you can bust through those things, all right? Um, there's no broken body that God can't raise. And I'm a living testimony of that. So... Uh, 
paralyzed from the neck down, totally healed today, whole, without pain, living in victory. And the way to live in victory, incidentally, is sing about it. I reckon the songs you sing uh, establish the ground on which you live. That could be a good point for someone to write down right there. The songs you sing establish the platform upon which you live. Because I think we need to... The Israelites were great at singing songs about where they'd come from and where they were going. And I know that when I was paralyzed, it was very tricky to get excited, very difficult. Julia came in with the Word of God. She's a Word of God person, you can tell that. Look at the size of the Bible she's got. Don't let her hit you with that thing. And, uh, and, uh, but the Word of God will release faith in your life. So that's just a key in your life today. A um, couple of other words here. No soul that you can't save. All things are possible. So right now across New Zealand, there's an incredible move of God happening, all right? About three nods in the house. Okay, just repeat that. Right across New Zealand right now, uh, there's a move of God happening. Don Ramdari, where is, those musicians were fantastic today, by the way. Should have given them a clap. Um, and, the, and the worship leading was amazing. Thank you. Um, but Don Ramdari, where are you? He's gone home, sung his songs and gone home. No, no, he hasn't really. He'll be here somewhere. Um, he, he, he's having a drink, okay? But Don drove us to a meeting in Hamilton on... Um, thank you very much, Pastor Jesse. <laughs> that was Wednesday. And listen, we uh, spoke to a, a, a building just crowded with people. We had dinner with them. And then I think 15 gave their lives to Christ. Uh, uh, miracles happened. People got healed. Um, just an amazing breakthrough. We met one family, which that's why I was looking for Don. He was quite amazed. We met a family. I spoke in Hamilton a year ago, okay? And uh, one year ago, there was one woman who came to that meeting, never been in church. She was, a, a, I think, a Hindu. Uh, I might need correcting there, but of the Hindu faith. And, uh, because, and she came to that meeting purely because she was invited and uh, because somebody cared. I want you to get that this morning because that's really love your city because somebody cared. She came and that night she got born again. She surrendered her life to Christ and um, we went back. This is one year later. One year later, with great rejoicing, she had her entire family in church, her husband, her mother, her father and all of her children were sitting there with her on last Wednesday night rejoicing in the one day that she came and met Jesus. Tell you, we serve a risen, glorified Christ, and uh, it's a lot to get excited about, and I want to really encourage you today that we can live our best life and love our city if we get hooked into what God's doing right now. Because don't let it ever be just notes on your, on your thing, all right? So we want to title this today anyway. Julia's just sitting there looking gorgeous. Actually, that makes me look better. Um, I do a lot of listening. Did you want to say something, baby? <laughs> we wanted to title this anyway. The title we wanted to give this today is You Are On Assignment. You cannot talk about loving your city if you're not on assignment. And so I want to just declare today, in fact, tap the person next to you and say, you're on assignment. And if you weren't on assignment before, you will be by the time we get out of here, okay? 
You can tell them that too if you like. In Joshua chapter 1 and verse 6, 1 and verse 3, sorry, Joshua 1 verse 3, when we planted this church, which is 20, almost 21 years ago now, uh, when we did that, God gave us a verse in the establishment of this church. And here it was, every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I have given unto you as I said unto Moses. Now that was a key verse in the very building you're sitting in because one of the things of loving our city was actually purchasing this building. It was a huge step of faith, but God woke me up one night and spoke to me about that verse and said, get the dirt where you place yourself, I'm going to show my glory in that city. Now, I really want to encourage people here today. I believe that, that there's been hundreds and hundreds of faithful people who have sowed into this, this property, which has been a real miracle when you think about it. It's a miracle. It's a miracle that we can come in and sit in these beautiful chairs and just relax. We have to come in here and clean it out or set it up on a Sunday morning, and it's a place that youth can come and gather. They get excited about it. But it's just a place where lots of great things happen. I was down here the other day. Um, some of the young mums were down here doing some amazing stuff. And it's a place where we can really gather. And ch- So to, to love your city is to be actively involved. And you cannot, and it's, it's, it's one of our values, is that t- we're better together because that's how we change the city. And I really believe that verse is a key in our lives. There's another verse there, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, and it says this, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. How many believe God's able to do bigger than we think right now? Because I am right now in a realm of faith like I've never been before where I'm feeling incredibly excited about the future. Lockdown, COVID or not, I'm excited about the future. Even if COVID has arrived in green eyes. <clears throat> Good thing is we don't go to the pub, so can't get it, all right? Um, but he said, um, he will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. These verses are the very key to loving your city. And the reality is, if we let that happen, God himself spoke And he said this in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his Son for the whole world. But for us today, it's for our city, for your neighborhood, for your your school, for your workplace, wherever you are, it's for there today. And I pray right now that God would speak to you in that way today. Um, Some of the challenges is that I think we need to understand and realize love is an action, not a concept. So we say love your city, but love is an action, not a concept. Churches all over our city, our nation, the world, are saying we want to love our city, but love is an action. It's not just a concept that we go by and hope for the best. Love meets needs when it sees one and doesn't turn to blind eye. Because I think we could look around us today and there are many, many needs around us. Love treats people as they are worth before God, not as we deem they deserve. That's a challenge. If you read your Bible, you can't get past that, that God just seems to love people. It's interesting that in Genesis chapter 18 and verse 33, I think it is, the very first written 
prescribed prayer is a man called Abram saying, I so love some people in Sodom and Gomorrah that, God, I want you to pull your hand of wrath back, your hand of judgment, and I want you to rescue. God, if there's just 50 people, will you hold off destroying that city? That's a man who has a love for the city, who would pray to God. He literally changed God's mind. I know Brother Terry Plummer would have a difficulty with that thought, but he definitely, in my opinion, changed the viewpoint of God. God was going to wreck that city, and one man's prayer in Genesis 18, the first prayer that's written, and what I like about it, it's not just a prayer. It's not like we pray, where we're just like... And then God gets a chance tomorrow to answer. It's a prayer where he actually says a couple of lines, then God replies. Okay, Abram, if you reckon we can get 50 out of there, I'm not going to destroy it. Then Abraham rethinks and he thinks 50. A bit like most of us. Would there be a chance of getting 10 out of the city today? Mate, we better drop it down to one. And he gets down, 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 he ends up with 10 people and God still honors it. Love doesn't keep track of wrongs. We know that. People do. So let's let go of the wrongs. Love is not critical and nitpicky. It always hopes and believes in you. And I think where religion would say we need to sin less, this is one, these are some of our traps in, in, in changing a city or loving a city because religion tells us we need to sin less. But in my opinion, life and the relationship with Christ would say we just need to love more. We just need to love more. Um, what if instead of seeing all the problems that are around us, because there are lots of problems around us, we were talking about that last night, some of the problems we've had to fight with in our, I nearly said marriage, but life, in our life, have been for sake of not looking at the end result. Because if you're the great people that God's, we were talking last night about the great people God's put in our lives. So many of you here this morning, the incredible people in our lives that have caused us to be able to produce a harvest. But <clears throat> what if instead of seeing all the problems, we need to be fixed, that need to be fixed, sorry, we create an atmosphere where nothing is hidden and where we become authentic. What about that sort of a realm? And let's authentically get involved in people's lives. Um, and let's really get clear about why we exist. We exist to change the world we live in. We exist to bring the love of God and the glory of God wherever we are. And that's just a reality. And, uh, and I think Genesis and the prayer of Abram there would tell us that the righteousness of one can count for the righteousness of many. Just think of that for a minute. The righteousness of one can count for the righteousness of many. If we know how to pray, like it's interesting, we put on a prayer meeting to pray for our city, nobody turns up. And sometimes I wonder how hungry we are to start, save our city. Our city right now, in Auckland City, homeless. There's, this is the latest statistics that I could find. There's 16,500 people homeless in our city of Auckland right now. Let's talk about loving our city. Uh, the poverty rate in Auckland City, 
10.5% of our people live in, in real poverty. 6,000 children, this is not just Auckland, across New Zealand, 6,000 children are in foster care because nobody loves them. Um, uh, 10% of our city of Auckland face what they would call a food crisis every day. They haven't got enough food. Our nation, not just Auckland City, but our nation, 70 murders every year. Suicide, the highest it's ever been right now. We're the church, guys. Just a little bit of a wake-up call here. We're the church, and I want to tell you, God loves our city. And I reckon we're the answer. Uh, suicide's the highest ever recorded. That's terrible, guys. I want to stand against the lying hell demons that would rip people's lives off, and we want to rise up in victory today in Jesus' name. Amen? Are you with me in that? I think, sadly to say, I think um, the, the challenge would be, here's, here it is, Matthew 22 and verse 36, coming up on your board. Teacher, which is the most important commandment of the law of Moses? So we all want to know what's right. Here's what he says. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. The second is equally as important. Everybody yell out, equally important. And here it is, love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments about loving yourself and loving your neighbor. I enjoyed the movie Beauty, Beauty and the Beast. Anybody seen it? Beauty and the Beast. One of the great keys that comes out of the Beauty of the Beast, a thing must be loved before it can be lovable. One of the great keys that comes out of that movie, a thing has to be loved before it can become lovable. And I think you and I can look at our city today and say, yeah, I reckon we can make a difference today starting right here and right now. Are you with me? And my first point is, I'm going to give it to Julia, is... We've got to somehow step out of our comfort zone. Don't get too uncomfortable on that point. Um, I was in a church in Tauranga. I'll just share this quickly. I was in a church, <laughs> church in Tauranga a week ago, and uh, I thought these people had just had a conference, and they've taken millions of notes like you would, I think, some taking notes this morning. We take lots of notes. I don't know if we ever read them again, and I don't know if we apply them. Because it's interesting, I asked them how many have applied any of the conference notes they took the week before I arrived to speak. Because they just had a week conference, then I come to speak. And I just said, just out of the blue, so how many have actually shared their faith with somebody this week? I think two hands went up. I said, how many have actually laid hands on the sick to get them recovering? No one put a hand up on that one. I said, how many would there be in this place that have actually cast out a devil this week? <laughs> of course, you don't even expect an answer for that one. And uh, nobody. The answer was nobody. And I said, why don't we just make today, instead of me bringing you another message that you can take some fancy notes and pretend we've been in the house of God, why don't we just right now think of one person whose life could be changed because of us? Very good. Here we go. I'm stopping him there. Jump in. Because we've heard all these problems, haven't we? He's listed them all. 
but we need some answers how to do it. And I know our welfare system is really broken. Um, Sixth and these children, and if anybody's got any clues, get involved. Get involved and try to be the answer because we can sit and we can um, criticise and, and talk about the problems, but we are the answer. And um, people come to us and say, well, the church should fix this. That is completely right, but who is the church? It's not the building. It's us in the building, each one of us. And, and I was thinking about... Um, you know, we talk about revival, fire, and the city's going to be changed. Well, the fire of God can come down, but nothing's going to change unless you and I move. And it's one-on-one. -on -one. And I was True. looking th through the Bible, and wherever there was great things, like Jesus did speak to the 5,000. But when he did amazing miracles and lives were changed, it was the one-on-one. -on -one. And God's called us for the one-on-one, -on -one. and we need to engage. And, and I was, this is one of my particular favourite stories, and it's um, Jesus and the disciples are going from Judea to Galilee, and they decided to go through Samaria. And um, so the, Jesus and the boys are going on a road trip. We're going to bring it into today. You know, we've just been on a road trip. You know, and you can drive around and look at all, you know, the great scenery and that, but it means nothing unless you engage with people. You know, people mm. make the road trip and things fun. And Jesus was really good at this. And I really, if anything, I want to challenge you this morning that you need to engage with people around about you. When you go on your trips, whatever you do, you need to speak to people. And Shelley and I went the other day to Mitre 10 and we were leaving, and I was talking to a guy about some plants and that, and then I, we were going to look at a picket fence, wasn't it? And it was right down the other end of the building, and I said, oh, can I get on your ride-on thing? Or could you drive me? And you see, I've made a joke about it, but it's, I did it intentionally because he'll remember me now when I go in, because I was adding some humour to the whole thing. When I go in there next time, he'll remember me. And you need, wherever you go, to engage with people so they remember you. And, um, you know, Jesus, he went um, to Jacob's well. And what I like about Jacob's well, this building's Jacob's well. It's where people have sown into to be a memorial but a place of God where the presence of God can come down and people can get transformed. And... You know, in that well is living water. Yeah. And I, I totally, you know, churches have got all, a lot of churches, got a lot of things to hem people in. But I believe if the water is fresh and sweet and refreshing, the stock doesn't move far from it. It stays close. You don't need to build a fence. And, um, and I think we need to make this place somewhere sweet. And refreshing that people yeah. want to stay around. And it's not just Don and I, it's you. And what requires, well, what is required of that is you need to dig a well in your life. That means that you have, have to build a relationship with Jesus. And, and I just need to speak this because all night God was annoying me because I like to sleep. And I really 
felt I, the words that came were, I choose Jesus. And I really believe somebody here is at a crossroad and you think you could go that way and success and whatever, or you could go and keep on your walk with Jesus. And I'm just encouraging, God knows he loves you because he was waking me up all flipping night last night telling me, I choose Jesus. Choose Jesus. Wow. It's the best thing you can do for your life. I was out with some ladies the other day, and it wasn't a very nice discussion, though, talking about, you know, if they had their life over again, who they would marry. And, you know, and if they had choices, would they choose the rich man, the successful man, or would they choose the man God chose? And I was thinking, I wouldn't change a thing. I would marry the same yeah. man. I would go for the same life. I probably would be a bit more wised up. That's your best point, baby. <laughs> but, but my life has been rich. It hasn't always been easy. But God has always been there and he's faithful. And I wouldn't choose another road because it's been amazing. And the people I've met along that journey have been, I've met you. You know, um, Inspired Church wouldn't be here today if we hadn't got married and God gave us this idea and people, you got on board and, and we've made something amazing, a well that is full of rich, cool, fresh water that people can come and drink at. And we need to work at keeping that water yeah, fresh word. and sweet. And it's not just us, it's the church. And you know, and Jesus... Um, came to this well and he was tired. He probably just wanted to go to sleep, um, sleep and have a rest. But a woman arrived there. And I love that he engaged with her. You know, so often we can just say hello and move on. But he engaged. She said, can you give me a drink of water? In fact, he, quite, he demanded it a little bit. Give me a drink. And then he goes on and he's, <clears throat> engaging with her. And um, I really love it because um, he gets into her life. And Jesus was a great listener, and which is quite amazing for a man, isn't it? <laughs> Usually they do the talking and we listen. I was just like about her? to say, like me. <laughs> <laughs> but he asked her about her life. And you know what? He already knew what her life was where she'd come from, how many husbands she'd had. And he knew everything. But he was looking for her response. And out of that response, of she was quite truthful. I don't have a husband. But out of that, he started speaking, you know, about, um, yes, but you've had five husbands and the one you're living with now um, isn't your husband... And do you know what? He wasn't bothered. He wasn't religious. No. You know, we need to get rid of our religious spirits and just suck it up. Stop judging. Th this wasn't, uh, she's not, she wasn't a bad woman. She was a broken woman. And as he listened to her story, his heart went out to her, only as Jesus can. You know, he spoke her name. He, he talked to her. And we need to be like this. You see, we're only going to change people's lives as we engage with them one-on-one. -on -one. Mm. 
True. Not sticking within our re religious little boundaries and not in just this, this church. We need to get out there and engage with the people we work with, the people when we go into a shop, wherever we go, and listen to their story because you have the answer. Yes, you you do. have the answer. And maybe it's just a step along the way, but you need to keep filled up. And don't change into other people's ways. You know, sometimes we engage and sometimes we go off in their ways. God wants us to keep on track with him, with people. Um, when we went on our road trip, we had a fabulous time and we engaged with everybody and chat. And we went to um, a cafe at Awanui for breakfast one morning and, and met some of the locals. And then we went up to the Cape and came back. And Sharon and I said, oh, we want to go back to that place because they make great coffee. And when we walked in, get back. And, you know, and they were, they were so pleased to see us because we had had, we talked to them and, and talked to them about what great service they gave and all different things like this. And um, when we arrived back here a, a day early, we got on a ferry and went to Waiheke. And um, we went to Mudbrick. And um, we were tasting the olive oil and the breads with a glass of wine, I will admit to that. And so I had this beautiful glass of wine and this olive oil and bread. And I said to him, I've got to buy some of this oil. It's so amazing. And just beside us, there was a family and they were singing happy birthday. And as I walked into the shop, God said to me, buy the little boy a book. Okay, I can do that. So you've got to be listening all the time. You know, if, yeah, you if you're, your well's full and you're in tune with God, he will talk to you. And he is interested mm. about your daily life. And as I walked in, he said, buy the little boy a book. So I got the book and, and my oil. And as I walked back, I just put it on the table. I said, happy birthday, have a great day. And the mother turned around to me and she says, it's not his birthday, it's mine. And I said, well, have, have a great birthday and I went and sat down and you know you've got to know who you are in God you need to know that when God speaks it's God and I sat down and I thought well I did what God said so I did it a few minutes later she came over and she this woman was crying and she said to me oh you're an angel sent from heaven and I was thinking I looked at dollars as well Exactly. You all know I'm not an angel. <laughs> close, close. Uh, you know, right, um, she she um, squatted down beside me and she said, um, my mum passed away four months ago. <clears throat> and she said, um, you did exactly what my mother would have done. You bought, bought my little boy a present. And she says, it felt like to me, my mother had reached down from heaven and put this gift on the table for my little boy. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was, it was quite... But you see, that's normal life, and I got to share with... It. I didn't say, well, I'm a Christian, and God told me. You know, you don't pull that one to people that are not Christian. And so I got talking to her, and I was just started saying, well, you're just the most beautiful woman. I said, you've just got a grace about you. And she says, oh, that's my second name. 
And I said, well, that's prophetic over your life. And, it's um, her second name too, by the way. And at any rate, um, now you broke my thought. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, baby. Complete, you don't do that, 60-year-old. <laughs> but, you know, like, we've got to take God's prophetic into people's lives and speak it. And then I said to her, well, where are you from? And she says, Auckland City. And I said, yes, but where are you really from? And she said, oh, I'm Nguyen. And um, so I got to talk about um, Enroy and what he did. And But, you know, like God opens the doors. And, and if you're listening to him and then you listen to what people say to you, God gives you an inroad. And um, I didn't, I didn't um, witness to her. I didn't ask her, did you want to give her life to Jesus? I'm, I'm just the link. I'm just one of the links on her journey to get to know Jesus. And I think this is what we get scared about. We think, oh, we're going to talk to this person, have all the scriptures, and then make them say the sinner's prayer. We've got to realize that it's a journey, and we're just part of the journey. And um, I pray for her every day. But, um, yeah, we've got to engage with people. And... Um, I'm getting there, everybody. So I asked about her life. And out of the overflow, you know, we've got to have an overflow in our life. Yeah. That means we've got to have God fill us up every day. You know, things will come um, into your life that are unexpected. And sometimes they're good and sometimes they're bad. You don't have time to fill yourself up with God if it's something bad. It just flows out because you've filled it up. You know, God is quite clever. He says, read your Bible every day and pray. Why? Because there will be a day that you don't have to, you don't have time to seek him. You've just got it in there. And you realize it. I've felt it numerous times. When Regan died, I knew because this, the song came up from within me. And to have God sing it as well with my soul. To me, we're like, how beautiful. But it was only because each day I filled myself up with God. I filled myself up with the word. So in the day of disaster, you can stand because nothing yeah. can knock you over. God, God's quite clever. He knows what he's talking about. Can I encourage you with that? That's my encouragement today, actually. So, so that's our second point. Hope you got it. Engage in the overflow. Yeah. This is what the Bible says in Luke 6.45. The good man brings good things out of the good treasure of his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil treasure of his heart. For out of the overflow of the heart, mm. the mouth speaks. So it's really what's in your heart. When I put that word out in Paronga the other day, think of one person that you could have applied some of this to. And a young girl, and then I gave an opportunity to respond to that. And I said, why don't you just write the name of one person down? I'm going to encourage you today, maybe to get a bit of pen and paper out today, and write the name of one person who you believe you can be involved in overflowing God's love into their life this week. Is that a good idea? 
because, just one person. Because that Samaritan woman, when she realized who she had engaged with as well, he changed her life. You see, if you, you come into contact with Jesus, your life will be changed. And see, it wasn't Jesus that ran to the city to change the city. It was the Samaritan woman right on. that ran back to the city and brought everybody out to Jesus. She brought the message of hope. See, somebody you engage with this week could go and un unlock a lot of other lives. Totally convinced of that. Mm. Totally convinced. One girl in Tauranga last, can't remember now, was it last Sunday morning, the one before, somewhere around there, um, she wrote down the name of three friends who she thought she could possibly influence for Jesus or for loving her city. And that afternoon, they went, everybody went home, me included. She came back that night to the night meeting, and um, there were these three amazing young women who got saved on the altar, gave their lives to Christ. And... Um, and uh, pretty broken situations, actually. One girl never been in church before in her life and uh, shared with me after the, the horrific life that she'd been in and um, told just how she'd been abused all of her life, 20 years old, and she said, I've never known a day of joy or peace until today. That's love in your city. And you know how she got to be there? The, the young girl came up in the end and she said, oh, by the way, I just want to introduce my three friends that I believed for this morning. Today I thought I'll put it into practice and I went out and met with each one of them. Then I picked them up in my car and brought them to the meeting tonight. And the three of them got the incredible, we sang about it this morning, the gift of salvation. That's a miracle. See, and I want to believe for that this morning. That lady at Waiheke, I didn't ask could I pray for her, but I did say, can I speak a blessing over you? And it doesn't sound so religious. And I got to speak a blessing over her for her birthday, you see. And it wasn't as confronting as saying, can I pray for you? And um, when the week before when we were down at conference, I was talking to the Hurirua's, and they were saying that, this is one of our values. Um, um, what is it? Surround, Surround everything in prayer. prayer. Yeah. Some of the youth at Equippers are going and standing in their school because it's been rather difficult this year, and they've started praying for their teachers and praying for their exams that they would get the credits um, so they would pass their exams. Now, like there was two or three of them, now there's like 40 or 50 kids joining in prayer and actually some of the teachers are coming and standing with them as well. Love it. See, it's not a religious thing and they're actually praying for strength and wisdom for their teachers. Um, that's amazing. That's changing a school and all it takes is one or two people just standing together. You don't have to be geeky about it. Just stand together and it's just people saying, coming along and asking them, what are you doing? And they said, we're praying for our teachers and we're praying for our exams that we will be successful this year. And we're praying for it's every other student um, that are um, doing exams this year. And they're finding, finding more and more kids uh, joining them, see? 
It's just something simple. Let's love our city. But it takes one person to stand up. Jonah got called by God one day, hey, why don't you go to Nineveh? Because I love that city. And Jonah said, yeah, I hate how you're about to forgive all those people. I reckon you and I can be involved in one of the greatest days that the kingdom has ever seen on the planet. I'm talking our generation. I'm talking we can be the generation that ushers in the revival we sang about this morning. Why don't you believe with me this morning, okay? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to get out your phone, your notepad, whatever you've got, and write down the name of at least one person. Just one person. Just let's do that this morning. Just put somebody there who you can influence with God's love. Incidentally, to do that, you've got to be positive. You've got to be on fire. You've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You've got to be overflowing with some of the joy of the Lord, okay? But just write down one person, one name. God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go the distance for this person this week. I'm going to get out of my comfort zone a little bit. I'm going to not be a Jonah, have to get chucked overboard, but I'm going to commit to what you want me. So just write that down. We, we got that? How we going? Good? Okay. Let's bow our heads and pray about that. Online, maybe pray about someone. Yeah. So Lord, we pray right now. We want to thank you. Across this place, God, there are many individuals who you love that are represented in what we've written down here this morning. A name, a thought, a family, someone in need right now. Lord God, we pray for them right now. We lift them up before you and we pray for a miracle in their lives. Online right now, who's ever watching, we pray right now in your world that God would use you to be a great influence this week in Jesus' name. I pray that we would put love into action this week in loving our city, our school, our, our workplace, every area we're in, in Jesus' name. And Father, I want to thank you right now that you are the God of miracles and we give you all the praise and the glory. Right across this place, while your heads are bowed and eyes closed, Whoever it was this morning, Julia had that word about someone who's at a crossroads this morning, who's really struggling right now. And maybe you don't know whether to go to the left or the right. But I want to tell you right now, here in this service today, the presence of God is all over this place. He loves you. He could have shaped this service today just for you because he cares for you that much. He loves you that much. And whoever that is right now, at a crossroads, not knowing where to turn, can I give you the wonderful opportunity this morning to respond to that message and just say, God, I'm at a crossroads, but I want to make a right decision today. And I want, I want to hand the keys to my life over to Christ today and let him rule and reign in my heart. So if that's you, friend, why don't you just, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, just lift your hand right now. If that's you, Don, I need to get right with God today. I need to make a decision here today. I'm at a crossroads right now, not knowing which way to go. But God, today, I give it to you. Online, maybe, lift your hand right now, wherever you are right now. Who is that right here today? God's speaking to your heart right now. I really believe God is speaking to one individual here today. And this is your opportunity just to say yes. That's all it is. God, I want to say yes. And I'm lifting my hand to see that, to say that. Yeah, God bless you, honey. 
That's awesome. God bless you. That's absolutely awesome. Is there anybody else today? Online maybe. If that's you, here's what I want you to do right now. I want you to put your hand on your heart because that's a very, very strategic decision you just made. And just say, Jesus. In fact, why don't we all pray it as a church today and say, Jesus, please come into my heart afresh today. Wrap me in your love today. God, I thank you that you have forgiven me, that you have saved me, that I am a new creation, and that you have a great life in store for me. In Jesus' name, I call you Lord today. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together, shall we? And uh, before we go, here's what I want to do. I want to just make a little bit of a standpoint here this morning. And I'm going to say, many of us wrote down names this morning. On your phone, on a notepad. I'm going to say this. Why don't we just real quickly bring them to the altar? Bring every person you thought of, considered, or wrote their name down that you need God to help you to bring hope, love, peace, joy, salvation to them. Why don't you just bring them to the altar right now? Just come with your iPad, with your name, and come right now. Let's open it up, shall we? And we're going to pray and believe over every one of those people. Just bring them down here. Come and stand on the altar. Did you write anybody down? Did you think of anybody? Because I, I, I truly believe it's love and action. This is why I say this. It's love in action. It's not about a good concept. It's love in action. So today as we stand out here, I really believe, because you can't tell me if God heard the prayer of one man called Abram and he said, God, if there's just 10 people in that city, I want you to save them. And I don't know about you, but there's a lot of people I'm thinking of right now that I'm going to be influential in this week. So Father, as people stand, come right forward. Don't stand back. Come right forward. Father, and just mention those names before the Lord right now. And Father, I pray right across here that this would be a true action day. I pray right now, God, that miracles be instigated right here. I'm a miracle believer, God. And I pray right across this church right now, every individual that's holding a name in their heart, in their spirit today. Lord, it could be a daughter who's drifted away from God. God, it could be that son, that wayward son, that prodigal. God, it could be a family member, a father, a mother. But God, I pray that right now in this place that miracles erupt in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord God, for the hearts of your people, God, people who carry the heart of God who will seriously instigate transformation in our city today. So I pray for you believing today that at this time and this season that you become an incredible instrument in the hands of an awesome God in Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, we praise you, we believe it, and we thank you for the answer in Jesus' name. Come on, give God a praise there because I believe miracles. I believe miracles are going to happen. I, I, I actually believe... There's a daughter that's going to get saved out of that. I believe some wayward son is coming back. In, in fact, even today, I believe that people who have really struggled with their concept of where you've maybe been judgmental in the past, God's going to give you real freedom to love, okay? 
God bless you. We love you. You're an amazing group of people. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We pray that you would activate something in your life and shift your life towards Jesus. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, just click follow. We love you. Have a blessed week.